This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Hey everybody, this is Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 267 of the Ask Gary V Show. That's 10, seven. Got it. I have a wonderful guest. We, we just finally got to meet in real life. His energy is legit, I'm so good. I'm excited for you. My friend, uh, R-squared, as I'm gonna call you. Uh, yes. why, don't you, why don't you tell the Vayner Nation who you are, what you're about, and what you've got going on. Uh, Facebook, put in your phone numbers. Uh, we're gonna be able to uh, do some chatting here and answering some questions, but I'll allow you, my friend, to first set the table. I'm very humbled and very blessed to be uh, building cars and drinking beer for a living. I might be the smartest guy in the world, actually. I just play with cars and drink beer. Sounds pretty fucking smart to me. <laughs> <laughs> you actually might be the smartest guy in the world. Richard, why don't you tell everybody who you are? Uh, Gas Monkey Garage out of Dallas, Texas. We're uh, featured on uh, Fast and Loud with, on Discovery um, every single week, actually. And uh, I've got a couple more shows on Discovery, uh, Misfit Garage, Demolition Theater, and uh, the new show, Garage Rehab, which started uh, three weeks ago. So... Uh, they keep me pretty busy. Yeah, how did this all happen? Take me way back. Where were you born? You know, I was born in Fort Worth, um, and uh, I was a I was a poor white child. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, I get it. But uh, no, I, um, I, I I've had three kind of lives, and uh, if you will, I was a police officer, firefighter, and paramedic before I was old enough to drink. Interesting. Yes, and so I did that until my mid twenties, and I broke out of that and got into advertising and printing. And um, built a very large company that is still there today. I'm very proud of it. But I sold it and had just enough seed money. What was the name of that? uh, Lincoln Press in Dallas, Texas. And uh, jumped into um, uh, cars and motorcycles. I I watched all the other shows that were on TV at the time. And and they were very bravado, very kicking boxes and cussing. So uh, I was a a victim of this myself. I watched uh, the shows, but my wife and my kids at the time wouldn't watch it because it was too too tough guy, too yeah. whatever. And I was like, there's gotta be a way to too breathe. Too dickhead. Yeah, yeah, I don't wanna say that Respect. because I I'll know these guys. I'll say it for you. I know these guys. Right. But, uh, they might know. be pumped. I'm pumped when people call me a dickhead in the right context, Kendall. Yes, it's like, it's like the, yeah, exactly. But uh, so I watched it and I was like, they're missing it. They don't get the kids, they don't get everything. So I'm still a tattooed, goateed guy. And yes. What have you. I just, uh, I have a, a pizza slice tattooed on me and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I got a poodle. You yes. Know, instead of a pit bull and a bandana. I get it. You know? And so that's how it kind of went down. So like what happened? Like how did it actually happen? Like how did the first show happen? Where I sit today, sitting with you, which is very awesome, by the way. Thank you, brother. um, Is a plan I wrote in 2004. uh, Like a flow chart. Yes. And I was like, I studied the guys. No, I don't have it with me, but I have it. No, no. Do you actually have the flow chart? Yes. That's fucking rad. I have it at the house. And uh, I wrote it out and I was like, you know, I studied them. I was like, who's... Who's their producer? Who's their uh, network? Who's their manager? Who's their agent? Who's their everything? And I chased it down until I found the dream team. And as soon as I found that, I went after them. And it took eight years of knocking the door. Of those individuals. Yes. And you're like, these are the puppet, these are the puppet masters behind the scenes. Let me show them my charisma and ability. And eventually they'll understand that I'm a star and this will happen. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. Listen, I, by the way, I, by the way, do you know that that's basically exactly the same thing I've done with only one difference, which was, I thought the way to do that was direct to consumer through social media because I didn't want to convince the the dream team. 
Yeah. I was like, fuck the dream team. I'm just going to go to the people in a different format. Correct. But they both work. No, they do. I, I, it took a long time. And, 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 and then when I sold subsequent shows, it was very great. When I sold Garage Rehab about a year and a half ago, I was like, you were the same imbeciles that passed on, on Fast and Loud for five years. And now you think you're geniuses. And you're going to yeah, give no, me another of course. show. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's the way it works. Yes. So what kind of kid were you? I was uh, kind of the geeky kid. I, I, I was a late bloomer. I, you know, I didn't have too much uh, luck with the chicks or yep. anything like that. And uh, which you is know. stunning because you're you're super fucking handsome. Yeah, well, that, like I like I tell them now, I didn't waste my cool in high school. Got it. So now you're using it now. <laughs> so like, you were, were you introverted? Yeah, I was a little quiet. I, yeah, you know, a little bit. And, Maybe and I introverted did girls, but not with guys. Yeah, yeah, that's I, a that's a model. Yeah, I was kind of a, you know, the guy that was always goofing off and doing stupid shit to get attention. Were you a bad student or a good student? Horrible student. Horrible. I, I think I only got out of high school because they didn't want me to come back. Well, that's what happened with me. They pushed me through the system. Yes. I didn't open a single book all four years of my high school career. Never did one piece of homework. They just pushed you through the yeah, system. Yeah, I failed out of, uh, I think it was junior year, and they put me in a, my parents put me in a private Summer. school. Oh, got it. Like a private Christian school. Yes, and uh, and the Lord, I was doing, and the Lord ha- helped you pass. Yes, He Good. did. And I was doing really, really well, and everything was great. And then I heard my parents talking one night when they didn't think I was listening. They're like, "He's doing so good. We'll just leave him there." So the next day, I went and did donuts with my motorcycle in the, on the basketball floor, and they, they were like, "Okay, you're kicked out." So I went back to public. <laughs> I love it. I I'm love actually it. having my 30 year high school reunion next weekend at my shop. Are you really? Yeah, That's I'm gonna cool. have uh, all. Uh, we had a big class. We had a. Uh, I don't know, like 680-something students in my senior class. Oh, a regional, right? Which means some of your buddies were like 25 minutes away kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we've got two or three. Don't say, oh, yeah. Like, I grew up in a rural part of Jersey. Like, most people don't realize, like, a lot of people don't realize there's high schools that are pretty regional where, like, your friend can literally be 45 minutes away. Oh, yeah, for sure. You didn't have that, Ben Ruby. Franklin Lakes, everybody was close. Six minutes here, nine minutes there, eight minutes there. Seth? Queens, fucking two minutes here, one minute there. Oh, yeah. D-Rock? Homeschooled. Homeschooled, right, I forgot. Homeschooled. You're homeschooled too? No, no. You just believe in homeschooling. (laughs) Respect. All right, entrepreneurs, peeps, uh, start dialing your phone numbers. We're going to call you in a minute. So, so... What what made you attracted to what I was doing? Why did I hit your radar? Is it entrepreneurship? Is it the personal brand, the marketing, the social kind? Of, how did we get here? It's, it's actually I was flattered a little when bit you guys reached out. I did a little homework. I already knew a little bit, but I was like, oh yeah, this would be fun. It's actually a little bit of everything because uh, you know the way you present yourself is is very similar to the way that I do, just in a different industry. You're in you know wine and, and mm-hmm. media, and then uh, I'm in TV and media. Mm-hmm. So I was um, you know I'm that was like a said, I'm point. very humbled to be here. This is fucking awesome. I appreciate it. And so what, how, how entrepreneurial do you think you are? All the way. I've been that Pure way my bread. whole life. I've been buying we didn't, how old and selling. Are you? Um, thir- 48. Right. So like when you and I, I was going to say up, 30. I saw, which was amazing. You saw it, right? He was like 30. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you went from 40. looking bad to looking amazing. Yeah, 48. You're like 30. Um, uh, did, but you, when you and I grew up, the word didn't exist. Maybe the word businessman, but like, you didn't, did you even know you were that person? Because I really, no. I did and I didn't. No, not at all. I mean, when I grew up, my dad had three jobs my whole life uh, growing up. He had, um, he had uh, a paper route in the morning, a paper route in the evening. He was a produce manager. And, uh, and, and then he had a side job. So we grew up, uh, you know, kind of on the, on the wrong side of the tracks. But I, so that made me hungry. And I always bought and sold cars and motorcycles and bicycles and what have you. I mean, What's by the, the time, real quick, what's the best flip you've ever had? 
The best one? Yeah, like the biggest ROI. Like I bought this bike at a garage sale for $40 and I sold it for 6900 No, nah, I didn't have one like that. Well, I, I get it. I mean, I made I, that I, up. I, but like, I, what, give me a good, give me a real fucking good one. Uh, I found a uh, Ferrari uh, 348 uh, Spider in a guy's garage and I uh, was able to flip that. I bought it from him for 20000 bucks because it didn't run and I was able to flip it for 113000 that was better than the example I gave. <laughs> He's like, no, no. Like, I was like, and, and how much work or things did you have to put into it? I put fresh gas in it and started up. Straight up. Yeah, with a fresh gas and a battery, we were good to go. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I could so get caught on that because I don't understand cars. Like, I, by the way, I, that's really interesting. So I don't know if you know this, but like all these tchotchkes, like so many people that watch me, I, I pushed them to this 2017 flip challenge. And it's interesting, I know pop culture, so I'm good at like buying like advertising or TV stuff, buying it, knowing it's undervalued. But so many of the people that watch me have, have a little bit more handy skills like you did, maybe not for bikes and cars, but like whether it's electronics or things of that nature and hearing people on Twitter and email and DMing me on Instagram of like, I bought this, I, I this, it didn't work, it took me one minute, it was the battery, it was this, and I flipped it for that. It's, uh, it's amazing when you have a skill set to use that as an arbitrage. No, it's really cool, and, and, and I get to do what I love the most You know, now. I've done it all my life on the side, but now that it's a full-time job, it's really amazing because I hit the Jackpot. you know uh, Craigslist and, yep. and the interwebs and eBay and what have you, and I just buy it and go. I love it. Let's get our first call, Rich. Here we go. John? John Millinois. John from Illinois. We think. Oh. We think. We're about to find out. I hope he says I'm a douchebag. Hi, this is John. John, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're on the Ask Gary V Show. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. My wife is, my wife is freaking out because she said, I said, Gary's going to call me, and she said, there's no way Gary Vaynerchuk's going to call you. She just saw you in Salt Lake. She's, I love you, Gary. <laughs> I love you back. Send <laughs> <laughs> <Sitting> pictures. Thank- <laughs> John, thanks for being on the uh, show. What, do you, what You got a question for Rich or I? Yeah, I do. Um, it was about uh, creativity. Uh, I'm a creative myself, and I was wondering, you know, when he uh, when he's purchasing these cars, and this goes for you too, Gary, when you're purchasing the cars and you're actually fixing them up, uh, how much creativity is going into these builds and you're thinking about the end user versus you just putting your creative spin on stuff and then hoping the market buys it? It's, it's really a hundred uh, percent. Uh, I think about where the market's going, what the market wants, because no matter what the car is, I mean, you can look across New York right now and there could be four door Nova's and piece of crap continentals and what have you. But every car has what I call its voice. And so what I literally do when I buy a car and uh, people uh, are, that work for me are like, you're still doing it. I literally park it in the middle of the garage and I drink a couple of beers and I just kind of stare at it for a minute and I just kind of let it tell me what it wants to be. It could be a hot rod. It could be a restoration. It could be a resto mod. It could be, you know, just thrown in the trash. And uh, that's kind of how I judge it. Uh, it. But I use a lot of what's going on in the marketplace to, to make a decision because at the end of the day, I can only put in so many dollars and try to sell it for so much dollars. John, right. from, from my standpoint, it's uh, at a macro at every day at a macro, I care about what the end consumer gives a shit about. When I get to the execution of something, it's a little bit more micro, it's a little bit more about me. I know that mobile video matters at a macro, right? But when I make the content, it's about what's artistic and creative for me to make. I'm just understanding what the, 
pillars of conversation in culture and the places they consume that content are. And so at a macro them, at a micro me. That's basically what I said, yeah. a separate cars. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's true, it's true, it's true. Hey, hey Gary, yes. let me ask you, just going a little deeper, you know, I've seen the last, last couple of, uh, I don't know, last couple of episodes, it seems like there's some clients that might be need some extra convincing, you know where, you know where they should be, but they're being resistant on stuff. Yeah. How do you, how do you overcome those objections? You just like, you're not just, um, I mean, how do you convince them? Are you using other, other case studies of I other don't, clients? Or no, I don't try to convince them. I try to put pressure on them for the I told you so moment three years from now. Really, I mean this, and you've heard me say this, I, I could tell by yeah. y- your context on me, like, I don't try to sell them. I put, I put pressure on them and give them my best at bat, but once I feel like the vibe's not there or there, like, I kind of just move on. Really, I do. I just leave with a parting gift and all my... POVs so that in three years, I mean, Rich said it here already earlier in the show, I don't know if you've been watching, like, you know how delicious it is for him to sit in front of TV executives that have passed on him in the past? Like, there's nothing better than a chip. For me, telling somebody that Instagram influencers is the right thing and Facebook long form video is the right thing and seeing them in four years when they have a lower title at a different organization because they were stupid and me ragging on them yet feeling bad so giving them love because I never want anybody to be pain. But I love being historically correct so I just put full pressure of my best at bat and if I hit, I hit and if not, I'm gonna hit later. All right, we put him into a silence. Like, like he was so mesmerized that he He's was- like the serious movie. <laughs> Let's go to the next question. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, who do we have? Anthony from Indianapolis. Anthony. Right. Indianapolis, Illinois. We're going middle America here. Love it. Flyovers. Anthony? Anthony. Hello, it's Anthony. Anthony, this is Gary Vaynerchuk. No shit. What's up, Gary? Things are good, my friend. You're on with Rich. What's up? Hey, what's happening, guys? Doing well, my friend. What can we answer for you? Well, um, actually, I just had a question. I guess it points to, like, the Honey Empire. Um, That's the thing that kind of crossed my mind today with all the scaling you're doing. And how does it, uh, I guess... How does it work? What am I trying to think of? I guess how... How do you help the new people understand that you're not bullshitting them when yeah. you say we are building a honey empire? Understood. Richard, when you've built your companies and your things, how do you maintain culture? What, what's the, how big did the agency get when you were there? Or how many people are now around you, both on the media side or the shop? Like, um, where, where are you at, people? We have a gigantic team. And, and, and as far as keeping the uh, culture alive and what have you, it's just being true, just being who you are and staying through it. I've met so many people uh, through this journey that's got, he's a fucking asshole. I hate this guy. Yeah. And within, <laughs> you know, uh, a few months of working with me, they're like, he's really he's the cool best. guy. He's, well, he's a good, you know great what, guy. The good model when you get, when people struggle with the upfront bravado and confidence is that you get extra credit for being a good person. I get more credit for doing things that everybody else does because on first glance at times, if I'm in my most peacocking and most kind of me mode, it doesn't (laughs) feel like I would deliver on that caring, right? Like, and so, uh, to answer your question, it's about scaling the unscalable. It's about actually spending time with them. So you may know or have heard, I've been yapping lately about 15 minute mandatory meetings with me every six months next year instead of the open door policy. Sweet. So Sweet. how do I do it? By the truth 
mm-hmm. and my actions and by creating interactions that allow them to get more comfortable with engaging with me. I have a real problem right now because I'm growing in awareness and popularity, which is creating more cynicism internally than even just being the CEO. I'm not only the CEO, more and more every day I'm a CEO that other people know about in the world, which creates a double uh, barrier that I have to get through, so I have to go more extreme and I'm just gonna scale the unscalable and force serendipity. You know, for example, the 15 minutes with every employee, already I'm starting to run the math, I'm like, how am I gonna do that? So I'm already like, oh, should I do three-person dinners? Like, I'm just hacking, I'm hacking. Like, I'm gonna really hack. Yeah. But but to your point, the answer is trying. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Gonna get after it. I'm actually nervous here because I'm I'm passing the 15 minute mark right now. No, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> Thanks for calling, brother. All right, let's keep it going. Um, ha, who are the closest people you've worked with in your career? Uh, my best friend Dennis Collins uh, owns a Jeep uh, restoration and and uh, dealership in uh, Wiley, Texas, just up the street. So he has been like your my homie. mentor and my homie and what have you. And then as far as, uh, you know, with the with the film stuff and everything, uh, Craig Pelligian owns uh, Pilgrim Televisions, and he has taught me things that I, I'd never even understood or even, even thought to, to think, right? Never yeah. even thought it was a thing, to, you know? You know, that's super interesting to me. I've been thinking a lot about that. Like, how many things none of us even know are things? No. I, I you mean, want to hear something? The guy's literally a billionaire, and, and I didn't even know that was a thing. When you I, do you know that when I was 30 years old, I didn't even know there was such thing as an advertising agency? Uh, like I, I did all my own stuff at Wine Library. I just thought businesses did it themselves. I legitimately didn't know Madison Avenue. I didn't watch Mad Men. I didn't know there were agencies. Like at thirty, because I was in my own cocoon. A little late bloomer. Very much so. <laughs> Introverted with the ladies. <laughs> the Google subscriber you have called is not available. All right next. Um, while that's happening, talk to me about your social media journey. Where are you at? How you know being a TV guy? You know a lot of listen. I'm in TV land all the time. There's a lot of this is a nice to have, not the main thing. How intuitive it does come to you? Do you not like it? Do you love it? What's your favorite one? What do you hate? Talk you to know me. what? Uh, being in TV, when I first got the TV show, one of the smartest things I did was I hired about three people to run my social media. Yes. If you will. Yes. And uh, now it's uh, grown a, to a team of about eight. Yes. And uh, we do it all day, every day. She's standing right there filming. And, uh, you know, I think that it is the key to our success because we could have had a good show, but we we really carry it forward on social media side of things. We've got, I don't know, somewhere close to 15 million oh. influence. Hello, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, it. and you're on the Ask Gary V Show. What's up? Oh my gosh! Hey Gary, how are you? I'm super well. Say hello to Rich. Do you go by Richard hey, or Rich? I go by Richard. Only right? Yeah. yeah. I saw. I just saw your face. Sorry about that. Next time, used to call next me, time, correct me. They used Richard. to call me Little Richard. Now they call me Big Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Where are you from? Well, I'm from Pennsylvania actually, and I'm living in Richmond, Virginia now. Very nice. Well, what's your question, darling? Okay, my question is, I now run uh, three businesses, just started a few years ago, background is corporate America. I am a CPA, so I have a great CPA business. I'm a mortgage lender, so I kind of branched off into that, and I run um, a pretty successful network marketing business. So my question is, I'm kind of got three different things going on, and I'm trying to figure out how to market myself and really you know, not confuse my potential prospects or my potential customers because I'm doing three different things. Understood. Richard, 
thoughts on that? Well, most of them come to um, really bad things, but I'll start <laughs> with this. Um, you know, if you're if you're doing three different businesses and three different areas of uh, expertise, then um, you're going. You don't want to. Uh, I guess overexpose yourself. So you need to pick the one that's your strongest business, the one that you want to build the most and uh, stick to that and uh, let the, let the other two lie by and uh, they'll grow exponentially as you grow up with your main one. So you're, you're a believer that if I, if she has a hundred percent of energy, I want to make sure I heard you correctly. Your point of view is she needs to spend 80% on one and 10 and 10 on the others. Just to, if you were to use math, because I really want to understand what your point of view was. That's really my my, my thought process is she's because worried by the about way, they, overexposure. There's no, yeah, there's no wrong over, answer here. She's worried about overexposure. So pick the yep. one that you really want to build or you think is the most the most buildable and then and let in. the other ones come along. Are you worried about overexposure or are you worried about confusion in the marketplace? I'm more worried, I think, about confusion. Yeah, that's I what I figured. Because I use social media. Sure. I mean, I use social media a lot. I've grown all three businesses using social media. So I think I might. Hey, that social media people. thing might yeah. actually work, huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah, just okay. put media after your name and, <laughs> and you're, you're good. good to go. You can do anything. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, I, think, I think there's an interesting conversation here. So a couple things. Number one, I'm a believer that if you're just you as a human, it becomes the North Star to all these things. Like I have permission to sell wine to my business people and I have permission to give business advice to my wine fans. So I'm actually not worried about you confusing. I think your issue at hand is network marketing has a interesting context in our society that could affect you in the other two businesses and I think that's your bigger issue. Absolutely. The end. And you know that, and I think that the other issue is that the network marketing part can be quite lucrative in the short term. And so it's, it's not allowing you to fully go there because you're worried about the negative connotation towards your other two businesses by being in MLM or network marketing, yet you don't want to give it up because it's quite fruitful for very little energy in reality from an ROI standpoint. So you're in a little bit of a pickle. You're, you're spot on, Gary. Yep. Well, I know I am, and that's why I went yeah. there. And that's why I went there without knowing anything else but the things you said. And and I did that because I wanted my audience to see that I could be spot on because I I know that. And so I think, look, I think the biggest thing you need to figure out are two core things. One, what do you love the most? Two, how do you think about your legacy after the money part is not as important? That's right. So I would sleep on that. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much to bye both bye. of you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bam. It's, you know, it's, it is a little bit of a bam. Let's go to the next one, next call. You know, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm, how do you think about legacy? You know, I'm just, I guess, becoming... Aware of it? Aware or successful yeah. enough that I can start thinking about what's going to be left when yeah. I go away. Yeah. And uh, I, take great pride, I take great pride in... Um, Gas Monkey uh, as as a brand and as a whole and it's a real thing. Y- you know, there, in our life, there's only been four or five of us. Uh, you know that have reached this level, and and I really hope that Gas Monkey will stay around and be around for many you know many years after I'm gone. Good for you, man. Let's do one more. Dennis from New Hampshire. Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> New Hampshire's. Uh, 
Hey, Dennis, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're on the Ask Gary V Show with Richard. Get the heck out. No, yes, really. sir. Okay, We're fine. We're leaving. We're leaving. We're going to hang up now. Thanks for calling. <laughs> no, no, thanks no, for trying. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks for calling, guys. <laughs> no worries. What, what's up, my friend? What can we answer for you? Well, a uh, couple questions. Richard and I, um, we cross paths all the time, different places, Barrett-Jackson, New Hampshire Motor Speedway this last weekend. Yes, sir. I drove um, the pace car. You drove the pace car. I took my picture with your pace car, and you liked it, and some of your media people liked it. Very nice. Which leads that me girl's to the doing question. her job. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing, I'm, check, I'm checking the winning list right now because my goal for this year was to get Richard to know my name, which is easy because Dennis Collins is his best friend, so Dennis. we'll check that off. But the, the serious question is, and a lot of people don't realize this, Richard really is a car guy not just a TV personality. Yep. And when I'm trying to build my social media, I'm a car guy, not a tech guy. Yep. So I watch you, Gary, and listen to as much as I can and try to translate that. But how do I get my social media next? Like, I feel like I'm like that one tweet or that one Instagram post away from blowing it up. You are. No, everybody is. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Everybody I mean, that's good enough is, right? Yes. And so you're right. Let's stick here for a second. I apologize, Richard, but this is my favorite topic. You are, bro. So now my question. Yeah. How many pieces of content are you putting out every day? Tell me the truth because we're going to look it up. And if you lie, Richard's going to hate no, you. No, I won't. I won't I lie. I have it right not, now. I'm not, not posting that. Not, not, not enough. No, no, not enough is yeah. not an answer, bro. I want a number. Five, six. Right, and how many of them are just written words on a tweet? Like how many real pieces of content, not a couple of words on a tweet? Most of them are, I don't do, enough, I don't do much with Twitter, to be honest, Respect. most of it's Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And most of it will be pictures of a car that I'm selling, sold, or an experience like this weekend at the track with uh, NASCAR. So let's think about what Richard did on TV, which was showed other aspects besides just the cars, which in essence are right hooks, and when you look at the Instagram and things of that nature, I see you're looking at, I'm looking at your Facebook right now, I'm gonna try to get to your Instagram, thank you, DRock, way to be on your stuff. The thing, you know, look, the thing that's happening here, so for example, you know, you were so pumped that Richard uh, replied on your Instagram, and he said, and he wrote, by the way, this is very exciting for me, he goes, love Gary V, is what he replied, <laughs> or his team, by the way, respect, that that was your post. Every, so when I'm looking at, so that, look, the post I like is the post of your dog, right? Right, with Gus. Yes. That's an important post to me. The post of you with, oh my God, are you a Patriots fan, bro? <laughs> yes, Gary. Okay. Yes, he's wearing down? a Boston Red Sox hat, which Do I like actually. No, no we don't hang up, okay. we hang on. So here's what, I, here's, what I, here's what I would say, man. Couple things, when I'm looking at it right now. One, show a couple of different things. Don't make your, Content, I know that you're an automotive consultant. Don't make it just about the cars, and I think you're trying. The Gus post, the Richard, uh, getting Richard's attention, I like that. Uh, I do yeah. see a little bit of boat here, there, but a little bit more of some other stuff, like literally the, the burger you're eating, the, the hot dog you're eating, the best hot dog in America comes from this New Hampshire stand. Show a couple of other angles, because you're right. You're always one post away from changing the narrative. It's usually not a post that is 
around your specific niche that everybody else, you know how many pictures of cars are on Instagram posted since you and I and Richard started talking just now? Yeah, freaking thousands. Right, so that's number one. Number two, you have to business develop. It's not just about posting. You have to DM people, you, you know, you have to ask them, you know, if you were to DM Richard and, and it was about like, hey, look at my stuff or follow me or share some of my content, his team is not gonna reply. If your answer right. was, what can we do for you and his team happens to see it and they see that you're gonna be in New Hampshire too and maybe that week two of the team members got sick from a cold and they're like, fuck, that person said, what can you do for us? Actually, looking at your stuff, you take some good photos. Can we use you? Hey, can you help us out? We yeah. actually are missing a team member or two. Can you take an extra 15 photos for us in New Hampshire when you're gonna be there this week? And can you, like, we could use that. Now all of a sudden, you brought value up front, you did it through DM, you're there. Now it's not just Richard, now you're not just taking a picture with Richard's car, you're taking a picture with Richard because you brought value first from a point of less leverage. The amount of people that ask me for shit when they have no leverage, other than hopes and dreams on preying on my kindness, which by the way works once in a while, but what That's works? How I got here. Yeah, <laughs> but, what, but what works way more often is when you want to provide value up front. So my man, look for everybody in your space. Think about how you could bring them value, which is time and effort, and mix up the right. content and explode the quantity of the content as well. Okay, so change. I understand what you're saying there. Gus that you pointed out, I picked him specifically. That's not my dog, that's Dale Jr.'s dog. Respect, I'm sorry for my uh, NASCAR non-knowledge, I apologize. Richard knows Dale Jr. Oh, I do. (laughs) He hung up up on him. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, long story short, those are great answers, I appreciate that, and I understand what you're saying. And the next question, just quickly to Richard, is trying to get to that next level. Like, Richard's, so famous now that how does he separate? Like I'd kill for five minutes with Richard or Dennis, and I've talked to Big Chris at Mohegan Sun for a while. How do you get to them and that you're not just a fanboy or a fan guy? That you're you're Don't, a real car guy. And you want question. to get yeah. to that next level. Don't think of it as a next level. Just think of it as walking up a hill. There is no level. Uh, you just uh, take care of the people that you meet and uh, treat them right, treat them nice, and uh, do the business that you know to do and do it fair and do not cheat. Uh, the, the, my business is so full of people that cheat and do bad things and bad deals and are just trying to get to what they call the next level. If you just slowly yeah. walk up the hill, you're going to be right. Dennis, do you know the number it's one? Definitely- Dennis, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Brother, do you know the number one thing that Richard is having issues with? Time. The number one thing, the number one pain point for Richard in his life is time, right? Yes. And so what you're asking for from him is time. People asking me for five minutes is way scarier to me than people asking me for $5,000. Yes. Right? (laughs) And so a lot of people don't understand that. And so... I'm gonna say what I said earlier, which is you asked Richard a question that was completely in the face of me giving you the answer, which is figure out how to bring value. If you, I pr- and listen, by the way, if you took a bunch of his photos and mini videos from the internet, gathered them, edited them, and made an awesome one minute video and sent it to the team, that's value. But you may not be able to do that. You may not be able to do that. Maybe you know, you're a car guy to your point. By the way, I can't do that. 
I can't do that. But you need to figure out what you can do that brings somebody value, and then he, I got a real curveball for you. This is the big curveball. You need to figure out what brings Richard value, you need to go and do it, you need to go give it to them, and here's the big one. You can't expect anything to happen. The amount of good things that I do for people, back in the day when I thought it was strategic, now when I'm on the other side of the leverage point just cause, and have zero expectation, and I will tell you that I'm disappointed by the way the world gets disappointed seven out of 10 times, but it doesn't matter. And so that's what you need to do to get to anybody that looks anything remotely to our friend Richard here. Right, just keep putting in the work. No, no, no. Keep putting in the work that actually brings value to the person that you're looking to bring value to and not ask them for the thing that they most can't give you. Gotcha. Got it? All right, guys. I got it. I got it. it. Thank well, you, brother. Right? No, I like your time thing. I mean, I always say, everybody says, you know, give a toast at dinner, whatever. And my toast is always, here's to our time. It's the most valuable 100%. thing we have. And we've chose to spend it together. We have this forever now. Like when I see, like we're gonna, right, we're in an airport. Yes. Seven years from now, or we have this. Yeah, you, you cannot replace it. It's the most expensive thing in the world, time. 100%. What do you want to leave my audience with? I want a lot of them to get to know you better. You know they're entrepreneurs and things of that nature. Anything anything you want to yap about, anything you want them to know about, you know you're going to ask the question. Golly, the that's a lot, dude. It's a lot, brother. I mean, I could go there, on for like is, an hour or two. Is there two, anything that you really are excited about? You anything, know what? Anything I, you want to be supported on? Anything? You know, where are you at mentally right uh, now with this audience? You know, the new show's uh, Jamming Garage Rehab. The new one comes out, uh, new Fast and Loud starts in a couple of weeks. That's all the BS uh, of, uh, you know, putting myself on television. But at the end of the day, I am having the time of my life enjoying all of the people and all the things that I meet and, and what have you. I mean, when I go out and people are, are, are stopping me and talking to me and what have you, it's the coolest thing in the world. I can't, and it I is can't get it. I mean, it's the cr- isn't it the craziest feeling? It is. It's crazy when you... We got it good. We lived our whole lives never thinking that was part of the equation. Correct. So it's not like you grew up wanting to be a superstar. It's not like you're Taylor Swift or LeBron where like it's in your mind that if you achieve your thing, that comes with it. Yes. So to have it happen when it was never part of the equation, it's so hard not to be grateful for it. It is unbelievable. I mean, I stop every time. I mean, actually the people that take me to places they're always pissed off because I'm like, no, this person is taking, you know, I'm like, it's fine. They're here. D-Rock shits his pants every time because he's like, we're going to miss the flight. I'm like, fuck the flight, D-Rock. Yeah. Rick wants a photo. We own the jet anyways, right? Richard, (laughs) question of the day. You get to ask the question. Uh, Any question you want. This is a great time to do a focus group. You know, you get thousands of answers on Facebook. You didn't tell me I was going to get a question of the day. Well, that means you're not watching the Ask Gary V show, and I'm really upset with no, you. No, I am, but I mean. Because every guest asks the question wow, of the day. you're putting me on the spot. That's right. Um, you can ask favorite beer. I don't give a fuck. Anything huh? you want, man. Anything? Anything, anything, yeah. Holy cow. I've always wondered. Well, no, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is them but, answering, uh, not me. All right. This, this is, uh, what is the question of the day? Today, the question is, um, what keeps you from following your passion? Mm. That's a good question, my man. The answer is nothing. <laughs> You're not supposed to answer it for that. I know. I'm just letting them know. You're just saving us some time. There's nothing. Uh, I mean, you really can. Thanks, Richard. I really we appreciate it. We it. We're doing it. We did it. <laughs> you keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them. Yeah, we give the answers. 
<laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Also, wanted to uh, tell you guys about my new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gary VEE YouTube channel is The Daily V, Monday through Friday. Gary Vaynerchuk is where I'm putting my keynotes, uh, business clips. Not sure if this is the right strategy. May close Gary Vaynerchuk one day and put it all back in one channel, but for now, this is what I'm doing. Go check it out. Remember, uh, don't listen to what I'm saying. Watch what I'm doing. So hopefully uh, could bring some value for some of you guys out of this.